Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Family Law Talk. Family Law Talk. Presented by Kirk Stangy of Stangy Law Firm, PC. Stangy Law Firm is a family law firm with offices in Missouri and Illinois. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stangy. Welcome to Family Law Talk. We have an interesting topic today. The topic is bringing others to an initial consultation. This is based on an article on FamilyLawHeadquarters.com, dated January 31st, 2016. The title of the article is, Is It Wise to Bring Another Person to an Initial Consultation? So that's the topic. It's an interesting topic. It's definitely one that comes up a lot uh, in the family law sphere. I'm sure it's an important issue in other areas of the law as well. But this definitely comes up in family law. So let's break the issue down. You know, folks, when they're going through a family law matter, uh, whether it's a divorce, a child custody matter, child support matter, you name it, now this can be very stressful for a lot of individuals. Obviously, for lots of individuals, they didn't expect that this day would come. They never thought they would need to be in the office of a family law attorney. Now, all of, all of a sudden, that's what's taking place. Um, there's a lot on their shoulders. They feel the weight of it. All of a sudden, they have to make uh, all kinds of difficult decisions from what attorney to hire, maybe to uh, what kind of case to file. I mean, sometimes there can be choices between, let's say, divorce or legal separation. In other instances, they're trying to decide in terms of child custody, if they have kids, what should they ask for? Uh, in other words, what request should they make to the court? And then you get into other issues like child support, spousal support property division. They're trying to weigh all of this. They're trying to make the best decisions. For a lot of individuals, they feel under the gun. And for some, it can feel as if all of a sudden this moment has come upon themselves very quickly, and they just didn't see it at all. And so they want to bring somebody with them to the initial consultation with an attorney. And it can be various individuals, but the most common, uh, most common individuals I see being brought to initial consultations or potential clients wanting to bring them uh, with them would be close friends or family members. And really the idea behind it is, again, they've got to make difficult decisions. They feel under the gun. For some individuals, when they feel under the gun, they can become indecisive. Uh, They might um, have problems in terms of knowing who they can trust and not trust. They could have problems in terms of making a decision about what attorney they want to hire, or it could be, like I said, issues relating to their goals. I mean, what should they ask for? What should they seek? This can be very difficult in having a trusted confidant who they can bounce some of this off of uh, to lots of individuals, uh, can sort of ease the stress of the situation, uh, make it, uh, again, less weighty, Uh, because they've got somebody with them that they feel they can rely upon. It's somebody that's, again, a close friend, uh, a close family member. It could be, in some instances, a new significant other uh, that they want to bring to the consultation. Uh, In some instances, you know, it, it, it could be a new spouse, for example, if it's not a divorce case, if it's another type of case. And so, again, uh, in a general sense, I think any attorney can sympathize with the sentiments. It makes sense why somebody would want to do this uh, in terms of having a trusted confidant with them. Certainly, you know, it's hard for an individual to trust a perfect stranger, uh, in other words, a family law attorney that they don't know. And so 
all the sentiments, all the rationale. Uh, it makes sense, and I certainly sympathize with it, and I think most family law attorneys sympathize with it as well. Uh, here's the dilemma on the flip end, and here's really the risk. And I'll just kind of state this as a preference again. You know, the laws in different states can vary, so it's very important to have this specific discussion uh, with an attorney uh, who's licensed and competent to practice law in your particular state. So you're going to want to do that if you're thinking about bringing a close friend or family member into the initial consultation room with you, and you're going to want to talk about uh, the risk involved uh, if if you ultimately opt to go ahead and do this. So you're going to want to have the discussion. But, but here's the deal in a nutshell. Uh, conversations between an attorney and a client or a potential client are going to fall under these doctrines known as attorney-client privilege and, and confidentiality as well. And so, again, what's said between an attorney and a client or a potential client, uh, ultimately that's not supposed to leave the room. Uh, an attorney's to keep these secrets, keep them confidential, uh, not ever reveal what was said to them. And on the flip end, you know, the client can rest easy, you know, knowing as well uh, that the advice given to them by the attorney, if any. And, again, this is a fine line. You know, generally in an initial consultation, attorney really shouldn't be giving advice anyway until they've been hired. Um, so there's that preface there. But let's assume in the initial consultation a hire is made and the potential client actually hires the law firm uh, to represent them uh, in their legal matter. Uh, and let's say the attorney who's met uh, with the potential client is giving some advice uh, giving some guidelines in terms of appropriate behavior, inappropriate behavior, uh, maybe it's strategy-type discussions in terms of how the case might be approached, um, in terms of you know various strategies, in terms of pleadings or motions that might be filed, uh, maybe expert witnesses that could be obtained or other witnesses that may need to uh, uh, be talked to, could be discussions about documents and evidence that might need to be gathered, could be settlement strategy uh, that's talked about, or potential trial strategy that might come up. Again, all of this is supposed to be uh, uh, privileged or confidential. Uh, and you can get into differences between privilege and confidentiality. That's probably a topic um, for another uh, uh, episode, but in a general sense, again, all of this is supposed to be secret. All of this is supposed to be confidential. So what if you bring that close friend or family member in the room? What's the risk uh, that's involved? What are the potential problems that could be? And that's what I want to spend a little bit of time here exploring. Uh, and then again, you know, for the listeners out there, you're going to want to have this discussion with whatever attorney it is you ultimately meet. Uh, in the jurisdiction of which your case would lie uh, for you to weigh the pros and cons and then ultimately make a decision whether or not you want to bring somebody in the initial consultation room or not. You know, some attorneys might be more ardent uh, in terms of their desire that others not be in the room. Uh, but again, this is a discussion you're going to want to have uh, with an attorney. But practically speaking, here's a dilemma. Uh, there's certainly an argument uh, and some might uh, believe it more firmly even. And, again, the laws can vary by state. That's why I'm trying to be uh, somewhat general uh, and not uh, just black and white in terms of the statement here. 
but there's an argument that by bringing somebody else in the room, that privilege and, privilege and confidentiality has been waived. So in other words, if the other side were to discover that another individual was brought to an initial consultation meeting, for example, or other meetings, there's an argument that that individual ultimately could be subpoenaed to come into court and testify as to what was said during the meeting or initial consultation. And there's an argument, at least, that that individual uh, might have to, and I say might, again, the laws are going to vary by state and by jurisdiction, but there's an argument that they might uh, ultimately be forced, in essence, to testify as to what was said and the advice that was ultimately given. So, again, the risk is uh, that person could be brought into court forcibly, in essence, and be, and be asked to testify as to what was said in these meetings. And that theoretically could be damaging, especially if uh, a client or potential client uh, said things in the initial consultation room that might be damaging to the case, that might be admissions, and then all of a sudden this information could come out. So that's that's really risk number one. And let me give you risk number two, which, of course, lots of individuals have a hard time even contemplating how this could ultimately be possible. Um, the reality of the situation is sometimes in the scope of litigation, and this is an unfortunate thing, uh, but sometimes alliances can change. Uh, sometimes your close friend or family member today, that's your moral support, uh, that is a person you're leaning on uh, to get through this stressful time. I say sometimes, again, not all the time, certainly, right? And I'm not even saying most of the time, uh, but sometimes alliances can change. And so the individual you're bringing into the initial consultation room to be your moral support, they might voluntarily uh, go to the other side, the person in which uh, is the opposing party in this family law litigation, they might go to the other side and voluntarily tell them what was said in these initial consultation meetings. Uh, they might voluntarily disclose case strategy, uh, advice that was given, or they might voluntarily uh, disclose your deepest, darkest secrets that maybe you told uh, the attorney in the initial consultation room. And sometimes this happens for various different reasons. Again, litigation can be messy. Sometimes litigation, family law litigation in particular, but I mean other litigation as well, sometimes these cases can take a while, uh, many months, sometimes even more than a year. Uh, again, the time can vary by jurisdiction and case, uh, but alliances could change, and these individuals theoretically could go to the other side voluntarily and become a witness for them. And so, again, uh, obviously it makes sense that somebody would want to bring somebody with them to an initial consultation room to help them get through the hard time. And, and it, again, it's a stressful experience. It's hard. You're meeting an attorney who might be a perfect stranger to you, and it's hard to know whether you can trust this attorney uh, when it's somebody you've just met and so it makes sense that you might want to bring somebody in there with you. But any individual who's thinking about doing that has to weigh that against the potential uh, waiver issues in terms of attorney-client privilege and confidentiality that, again, one, uh, an individual could forcibly uh, be asked to testify to what was told 
or what they heard during a consultation or during a meeting. So they could be subpoenaed, forcibly brought in, or, again, it has to be weighed against the potential that alliances could change. And all of a sudden, that close friend or family member uh, today uh, isn't a close friend or family member at some point down the line while the case uh, is continuing on. And so, again, uh, that's the topic today. Is it wise to bring somebody to an initial consultation? Is it not wise based on these risks? It's definitely an interesting topic, uh, definitely one any individual will want to consider if ultimately they're going to bring somebody into consultation uh, uh, with them. And it's certainly something to discuss with an attorney who's licensed and competent to practice law in your jurisdiction uh, to make sure you know what the risks are, and then ultimately you're able to make an informed decision about whether or not you want to bring somebody in the room or not. Um, Ultimately, that's the topic. Again, as a follow-up to the episode, you can go to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com. There's an article dated January 31st, 2016, and the title of that article is, Is It Wise to Bring Another Person to an Initial Consultation? So definitely uh, read that article as a follow-up. Uh, it's an interesting article. Definitely be a good follow-up to the episode today. So that's the topic for today. Stay tuned to our next exciting episode coming up on Family Law Headquarters. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stange. Visit StangeLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stange Law Firm to work for your family today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri or Illinois reviews or approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The information you obtain on this podcast is not, nor is it intended to be legal advice. You should contact an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established. And finally, past results afford no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Kirk Stange is responsible for the content. Principal Place of Business, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450, Clayton, Missouri, 63105.